here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. And uh, increased fruitfulness, and I've, this almost sounds like a thesis title, so I have to, to write it down for you. So today's title is A Progressive Understanding of Our New Nature Reality. Okay, A Progressive Understanding of Our New Nature Reality, and the word that Henry uh, had from Mark 4 was about understanding. So that's why I said the word, I think this is where I can, I can get in. So... Um, it's really awesome, and it says the more we push to understand, the more God wants to show us. The more we're going to open up the opportunities to learn, the more, the further God wants to take us. And I don't know about you, but I've learned, I told someone, I've learned more in the last two years than I learned in Bible school for two years. And that was eight years ago. I've learned more about the Word in the last two years than I learned for two years in Bible school. Yeah. And that's good news. Like, yeah, look, 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 why am I here? Why am I listening to you? No, you are listening to me because I'm listening to God, hopefully. But we'll see. So, I'm going to ask you this question. And we're looking at a progressive understanding of your new nature reality. I want to ask you this question. What is salvation? What is salvation? You see, we have this understanding that we get saved... Then our sins are forgiven, and then we get to grow up, and then one day maybe we receive the Spirit, and then maybe if you believe, if you want, you pray in tongues, if you think it's weird, you don't, and then you, you get baptized, and then you start maybe maturing, and now you become a, a, a volunteer, now you become a group member, maybe you become a pastor later on, God forbid, or whatever you are looking at or not looking at. Okay. So we are seeing this as, uh, um, I forgot what is Halos Marking. Halos Marking. Who's heard of that? Okay, so you start somewhere and you need to get somewhere. And honestly, I believe that I get saved the day that I'm holy enough for God, then I die. Because then I go be, then I'm ready for heaven. Okay? You might laugh at me now, that's what I believe. I'm laughing at me now. Because you have this understanding that, oh, God is up there somewhere, and I need to get there, and then I need to lay down more things, and do more things, and learn more things, and add more things, and be more holy, and give more, and start giving of myself, and laying down my life, etc. And then one day when I'm like Jesus, there can't be two Jesuses around, so then God's going to take me. I was at a funeral the other day, let me share this with you. This is horrible. So uh, Shane gets up and he says, at a funeral, uh, the funeral of Emily's son, he says, um, God did not pick a flower. God did not need another flower in heaven. He did not come and pick his best flower. And the son is 19 and he passed away. And then someone said, Yeah, but you listen to the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the So if that is what you think I'm saying this morning, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> What I want to say is that when we look at a progressive understanding of the new nature reality, it is that nothing changes once you get born again. Because in that moment, everything changes. That was the other word, the new creature. So when everything changes, there's nothing more to change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, All things have passed away. Behold, 
all things. And I say everything has become new. So if you then get saved, what do you get? You get everything. Actually, this is going quicker than I thought. I thought I'm going to share that again. But we'll go through some hoops and some verses because we have an understanding of progression. And what I want to share with you this morning, the it is a, it's, it's partially correct. Because we grow in our understanding, but we don't grow in who we are. We become more aware of what happened in that instant. Because salvation happens so quickly, it's going to take you the rest of your life to renew your mind to what happened in that moment. That's why I got saved years back. I got to ministry school and I'm still learning. But I'm not, I'm becoming more mature in who I am, but I'm not different to who I was, if I can say that. Because the creature didn't change. The creature changes once. Okay. Now where I'm going to challenge you is on Holy Spirit. But we'll get there. So 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14. In the Afrikaans service, it's a different verse, by the way, but we'll get there. It doesn't go to that far. It says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So this is the last word of the second letter of, uh, from Paul to the Corinthians. The word communion there, interesting. You can study it out. What is your understanding of communion? But the word there is fellowship or friendship. So he says three things here. He says there is... Let me read the message. It's quite beautiful. It says, The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So three persons of God, three things. First of all, I want to say it in a progressive sense, the extravagant love of God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He did something. What did He do? He gave Jesus. Okay, so love was the motivation. Love from who? From God. God is love. Now that results in the amazing grace of Jesus, which is the forgiveness of sins. And then we get the outpouring, which is now leading to the intimate friendship, the communion, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. But that's, that has happened. That's not going to happen for you. What we think is, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to experience God's love. And then I'm going to get Jesus. And then I'm going to realize... Forgiveness and that's grace. And then for some who's willing to push further, then I'm going to get the Holy Spirit. I mean, I was there. What this says is this is how things happened. For God so loved the world that He gave Christ, and because Christ died, the Spirit was pulled out. But when we receive Christ, we don't start there, but we approach it from after the cross. And we say, okay, when I get what I get, I get everything. Because you just agree with me that 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says all things become new. Then there's nothing more to be added. So we have the extravagant love of God. We live in the amazing grace covenant of our Lord Jesus. But some verses actually puts it as the covenant of the Spirit. So grace is the Spirit. So John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His Son, that whoever believes would not perish but have everlasting life. So that's love, that's grace. Verse 17 explains a bit more on grace. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So, the amazing grace. 
So what about the Holy Spirit? What about friendship, communion, fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Thank you for asking, but let's go to verse 12. It says, I've told you earthly things, and you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. Verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We so often jump to verse 16 that we miss the builder. The whole of John 3 is amazing, the chat between Nicodemus and Jesus in the night time. But listen to this. So it says that obviously Jesus was crucified, but Galatians 3 and verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. And we say, praise God, thank you Jesus, hallelujah, amen, amazing grace. And we stop and we end the service and we call Simone up and we're going to sing a song. Because we don't read to verse 14 that says, so that. So Jesus died on a cross, but that was not the end goal. Verse 14 is the end goal. Because it says, this happened so that something else could happen. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through Which is good news, by the way. Because when you get Christ, you get forgiveness, you get healing, you get the power, you get the Spirit. That was, they were looking for healing in Mark 2, and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Because everything with, with them is a full package. It's just which one are you going to experience first, understand first, and then obviously live in that. Listen to this from the message translation. It says, Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember the scripture that says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So it's an Old Testament quotation. That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. That's good news. I mean, that's amazing. And now because of that, the air is cleared and we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available for non-Jews too. Listen to this. We are all able to receive God's life, comma, His Spirit. We are all able to receive God's life, His Spirit, and in and with us by believing, just as Abraham's way of receiving it. I love the message translation because it says, when you receive eternal life, you receive the Spirit because the Spirit is the part who's going to live forever. Which is amazing. Because it should set us up to stop waiting for something to happen, but start waking up and realizing what we've got when we've got Christ. Because where do you, who's got Jesus? Because we have Jesus in the flesh. No. What do you have? You've got the Spirit of Christ. Which is what? It's the Holy Spirit. Because those who are one with the Lord are one spirit with Him. So not one with Jesus Christ, one with the Holy Spirit, one with God. But God is the Spirit. And what did the lady at the well say? Or Jesus said to her? Those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. So if the sound goes a bit wonky, 
Don't worry, because that's just the flesh, that's earthly. You worship from the soul. You can stand in hailstorms. You don't know it, but they put us in the corner there this morning. But all ice to us, 8 o'clock, it was beautiful. But the aircon wasn't working. So I very quickly said, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. But we realize that there's people there today who's not as privileged as we are and probably had a better worship experience standing in the sun because they are not aware of their flesh as much as they are of the spirit. That probably mentioned, I, I was the first one to say this to me. But we worship in spirit. And the more we realize that we are spirit beings, the more we will change the world. So I've realized that one of the limiting beliefs that many Christians have is one of a progression mentality. The way we want to take step by step by step by coming more holy, more forgiven, more powerful, more like God. And that's not, just not true. The secret is that our salvation includes everything that God has to give us. Give me more of you, Lord. Horrible prayer. I was even thinking about a song, The Power of the Cross. There's no power of the cross. The cross is a wonderful thing. The cross is done. There's power of the spirit. Because Acts 1 8 says, Go away and you will see what? Power. It's after the cross. Yes, the cross was needed. The cross was the gateway, if you will, to end the Levitical covenant, to pour out the Spirit on man, so that he can now live in, through, and with each and every one of us. So praise Jesus for the cross, but there's no power in that. The power is in the Spirit. Because Revelation 3.14 says that the promise is not true. There's nothing more that can be added to your gift of salvation which includes the fullness of His Spirit. So, just very quickly, Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, 3 says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What does God want? He wants you to be saved and to understand what happened, which, which is the truth. You see that? There's no more steps. I've always, we always use this verse to say that God wants everyone to be saved, and yes, that's 100% true, but it says that who desires all men to be saved and to understand the truth. There's no more steps. There's no more growth. There's no badge of honor. There's nothing to receive after receiving salvation. Listen to Isaiah. Isaiah 1 says, Come now, verse 18. Let us settle the matter, the matter says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. Speaking about fruitfulness. Yes, it's prophesying to Israel in a natural sense. But we take it spiritually. And we see that when we are willing and obedient, it doesn't mean when you do everything. It's when you're willing and obedient to the gospel. When you receive the promise, then you will be fruitful. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 says, For God was in Christ. Okay, we can, we can park the bus there and chat the whole day, but we won't. Restoring the world to Himself. No longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message He has given us to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors. 
God is using us to speak to you. We beg you, as though Christ himself were pleading with you, receive the love he offers you. Be reconciled to God. And that's it. It's not get saved and then. It is be reconciled. Because if you are one with God, what more can you get? What more do you want? Where are you going to get something if it's outside of God? So the message is, the sins of the world has been forgiven. And yes, I said that. John 1, 9 says, Behold the Lamb of God takes away the sins of those who repent. No, no. The sins of the world. Now, everyone does not respond to that invitation of a clean slate in a new life in Christ Jesus. That's why everyone isn't saved. I didn't say that. I said everyone is forgiven. Receive what love has to offer. Be reconciled to God. Verse 21 from the Living Bible. For God took the sinless Christ and poured into Him our sins. Then in exchange, He poured God's goodness into us. The Living Bible just does a good job there. He poured our sins into Christ, but that is not just to empty us. You're not empty if you have been saved. Yes, there was an outpouring of your sins and your bad nature, your old nature, your sinful nature. But there's an infilling of what? Well, there's a few answers that's correct, but it's all one thing. It's Christ, it's the righteousness, it's the Holy Spirit. Because your salvation includes Holy Spirit. If you're offended by that statement, Henry set us up through the Holy Spirit through Henry by Let's grow in our understanding. And I'm bringing you some scriptures, I believe, that back that up. Titus 1, verse 2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Not after Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. God's plan has always been eternity. Yes, He knew we would mess up and He made a plan around that, but Jesus was not God's plan B. Because it says, before the foundation of the earth, he was slain. Eternity was always God's plan for us to be with him forever. But hath in due time manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 11, 19 from the NIV. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. That is salvation. It's a new spirit. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Something that's living. I will take out the law and I will give you life. I will give you my spirit. Ezekiel 36, 25 from the Amplified says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. And I will keep, you will keep my ordinances and do them. You see, the salvation, the eternal life is the spirit of God. It is the part that trying to live forever because God will never die. Romans 5.10 says, For since our friendship with God, where did we start in Corinthians um, what's it, 13? It says friendship comes through. The Spirit, the communion, the friendship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son. While we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. What is the life of Christ? 
For he was died, but he was risen by the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. What does he do? And this is where we, we have healing. The Spirit who raised Christ from the dead will even give life to your mortal bodies. 1 Peter 3.18. I know I'm going quickly. Christ himself suffered when he died for you. And with that one death, he paid for your sins. He was not guilty, but he died for people who are guilty. He did this to bring all of you to God. In his physical form, he was killed, but he was made alive by the Spirit. I'm reading the ERV there. So really, it shows us that the life of God is the Spirit of God. Ephesians 1.13 says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. Amen. I'm so glad that I heard the truth. Amen. Like, not that I have to get myself saved and get saved and get saved again and keep on being saved and mess up and come back. No, I am saved. And if you have an understanding of what it means to be born again, I like to use the word born from above. It's a spiritual birth. And no sin is ever going to undo a spiritual birth because sin's been paid for. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a, a resource outside called the Transformers Men's Conference. And ladies, uh, you can even listen to that. There's a message on born from above, which will really bless you. Because if we realize that we are born from above, born from the Spirit, born of God, some of the verses say, then we have to get past the fact that everything we do wrong is going to have this yo-yo effect on our life, whether we're going to do with God or not. So I'm just teaching today past that. Okay? Now I, know, I realize I need to just cover that quickly and say that I believe what say always say. I believe because it's a born-again experience and you cannot undo the spiritual birth. Okay? Because God cannot lie and thou cannot die. <laughs> so you are born after God. You are, you are in His image and likeness. And that's really what a message is because if we will say that, yes, amen, and then we'll say, okay, but you've got all that you're going to have. And there's reasons we don't want it because, first of all, we still have a performance mentality we want to earn. We want your stripes. We want to have more Holy Spirit than I have. Or a bigger title. Or you don't. That's, that's the other side. I just don't want to do what he does. You just don't want to do what Shane does. Like, because, I mean, he's got the Holy Spirit 2.0. No, he's just applying the Holy Spirit. Much more than many of us. It's going to be safe, safe, safe. It doesn't mean that he's got more faith. He's just acting more on his faith. Listen to this New Living Translation. And now you Gentiles have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you what? The Holy Spirit. Whom he promised long ago. So it says, the gospel of what? Salvation. Remember my question at the start is, what is salvation? The gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed. So what happened? You heard the message of salvation. You believed, so you get born again. And then what happens next? You are sealed. You are marked. That's brand name marking. It's like burning or stamping. This is my property. You are the property of God, burned, sealed, marked by what? The Holy Spirit of promise. What is the promise? Galatians 3.14, the promise to Abraham. That the Holy Spirit will be poured out so that God can live in a true name. 
That's always been the plan. Not Canaan, not Israel, not donkeys and slaves, and not even Isaac. The promise came through Isaac, going to Galatians 3 and 4, even. Because it says, the seed of Abraham, singular, not seed. And the Jews heard seed, so they thought this was the tribe of Abraham, but I don't know that you. God clearly says to Abraham, in you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Not just one. And then Paul has to go a long way around in Galatians 3 and 4, and he says, hey guys, you are special, but you're not that special. Because the special one has came through you, but he's already come. And not seeds as in plural, but seeds as in singular, which is the Christ. It's literally like that in Galatians 3, I think, verse 34. Why did he come? So that the Spirit could be poured out. You see, if we live in this progressive mentality where, oh, I just love the love of God, you know, they just share on the love of God so beautifully. Well done. Don't stay there. But that grace message, that grace preaching, that grace really gave life to you. Well done, don't stay there. Because unless we go into the fellowship, the friendship, the communion, the power of the Holy Ghost, we are not the city on the hill. We are not shining brightly as we can. And we are not living in the fullness of what God has called the blessings for us to do. Do not be afraid of the Spirit. He's your friend. He's not spooky. He's not mysterious. He's not weird. He is powerful. He is supernatural. He is God Himself. Yes, but He's living in and through you. He wants to be your friend. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but friends. And now Paul says, yes, that friendship happens through the Holy Ghost. Guess what? When you get saved, you get that. Because you are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. So we're not going to have a salvation prayer and then a sealing message. It says, yes. I can see some people get there, but please don't. It's a wonderful thing. You get saved and you are sealed. Right there. Because you are born from above. The Spirit, which was promised long ago, that's the promise to Abraham. Verse 14, the Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that has been purchased to us to be His own people. The ERV from verse 13. It is the same with you. You heard the true message, the good news about God who saves you. When you heard that good news, you believed in Christ. And in Christ, where? In Christ, God put His special mark on you by giving you the Holy Spirit that He promised. The Spirit is the first payment that guarantees we will get all that God has for us. Now I'm rushed through a bunch of scriptures and as uh, um, Adam said, let's see if it's, it's recording so you can get it on SoundCloud. Some Sundays it's not recording, but this is recording. So if that was too quick for you, please go make notes, please go and listen, please go and study it out for yourself because you cannot get to heaven one day and say, but Peter said, okay, that's not going to hold water. God's going to ask you, but my word said. So we are all to partake of the word for ourselves. But I want to just go and, 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 and I'm, I'm ending off here. I'm not ending right now. You know, preachers say, this is my last verse, this is my last verse. I'm just saying, I'm going to start my conclusion right now. Okay. So Acts 2 and verse 38 from the World English Bible says, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a verse. Repent. They say, what must we do to be saved? You see, you share the gospel, people are cut to the heart, what happens? 
Either they want to get saved or they want to get stoned. No, they want to stone you. They are cut to the heart and they want to get saved. They are cut to the heart in Acts 7 and they kill Stephen. Nothing wrong with the message. See, by the look on your faces, I'm not judging my message. That will be unwise. But what I'm sharing with you is here a verse that says, How are we to be saved? That was the question. Verse 37, I believe. But Peter answers and said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's a few things that happens here. Firstly, the word repent there. And I just love it again. Uh, Mark 4 was used this morning to grow in our understanding. It was really a challenge, an invitation by the Holy Spirit who used the leaders who had no idea what I'm going to share to challenge you and say, hey, just consider growing your understanding. So the word repent is reconsider. Okay, so I'm laying the foundation quickly and I'm saying, just reconsider what you believe. Just, that's all I'm asking. I'm not asking you to jump in boots and all with me. I'm just saying reconsider because that's the word repent. It says to think differently or afterwards. So I'm challenging you to reconsider what salvation entails and what it includes. Then there's the word baptized. And uh, I've got a, a slide for you about the word baptized, baptizo. So there's different words for baptized. In the English it's baptized, but there's baptizo and there's bapto. Okay, so that's why you have to study the word according to 2 Timothy 2.15, not read the word. So the word baptizo is the one which we see in Acts 2, should not be confused with baptism. Okay, the famous example that shows the meaning of baptizo, and I've copied this from Thayer's uh, Greek lexicon, of baptizo is a text from the Greek poet and physician Nicander, who lived about 200 BC. Okay, so this, is a, this guy wrote a recipe on how to make pickles. 200 years before Christ. So that's that's 2,222 years ago. Just coincidence. Okay? So he, like pickles, was something, was a thing. And in that word, or in that recipe, he used both baptism and baptism. So it shows us the meaning. Nicandra says that in order to make a pickle, the vegetable should first be dipped, baptized in boiling water, and then baptized or baptized in the vinegar solution. Both verbs concern the immersing of vegetables in solution. The first is temporary, it's a dipping, it's an in and out. But the second, the act of baptizing the vegetable, produces a permanent change. You are dipping it in the vinegar and you're leaving it there. So what Acts 2 then is saying is, change your thinking, reconsider, Become one with Christ and stay there. Because then your nature is going to change. You're going to be... Why do we pickle stuff? To preserve. So you're extending the life, which you are now coming one with the life of Christ, and in that you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, I don't want to ever get out of Christ. I'm happy, baptizo. I'm pickled to Christ. Let's make teachers like that. 
I'm pickled for Christ. I'm not going to change. I'm not saying I'm going to be sour or anything like that. I don't eat pickles even. In the States, we had them deep fried, and that's the only chance I'll give them. But anyways, I trust this, this helps because we have a mindset of in and out Christianity. On a Sunday, whew, I'm holy. I've got my white on. I've got my shoes polished. On a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday afternoon, evening, I know maybe there's life group with ministry school, so I can pick it up again and I fall out of Christ and just before I put it down. Yeah, it's Sunday, thank God, bless Jesus, hallelujah. It says repent, change your thinking, change your mindset, change who you are. Believe the gospel, the good news of your salvation. Get saved, and when you get saved, you get Christ, and when you get Christ, you get through. It's a gift. Nothing to be earned, nothing to be worked for. It's by believing and receiving. And now you are a new creature. You are not the same. You are now changed in and through you. Spirit, soul, and body. Repent. Think different. Be one with God. Through His Spirit, which you receive when you believe the message Simple. Simple. If my message on a Sunday doesn't simplify things for you, then I'm not doing my job. Even if I try to confuse it, I can't because I've seen the simplicity. You know, once you've seen something new, you waste it. Once you've tasted the chocolate, message will never be the same again. Temper is almost where you hang out, but it's not there. Not even speaking about the new. Once you've seen the simplicity of the gospel, once you've seen the fullness of the package, once you've seen the power of God in Christ Jesus and now the pouring out of the Spirit for everyone to live forever, you cannot unsee it. When you receive Christ, you receive something spiritual and you automatically receive everything that you will ever need for all eternity. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is what? One spirit. When do you get joined to the Lord? At salvation. I don't know about you, but that's when I got joined to the Lord. <laughs> so there's nothing more. There's no other spirit. We all are able to receive God's life, His spirit. God's life is His spirit. Because the spirit is the part that's going to live forever. Amen. Like we said in the message translation. I mean, I preached on Galatians 3, 13 and 14 many times last year. But I didn't bring this. And it just shows you how Jesus says, my word is spirit. You see, we've spookified, is that's even a word, spiritual things. Where his word is spirit, which means it's truth and it's alive. So I can share the same verse many multiple times, but now we can get something else from it. God's life is in His Spirit. Now, just to, to give you one more. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. I'll read the New King James and then I'll read the New Living Translation. It says, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God, from the beginning, from when? What did Genesis 1 say? In the beginning. In the beginning. When Adam Eve ate of the tree, when Jesus died on the cross, where were you chosen? You were predestined. People get confused.
Jews, Romans speaks about predestination. All of mankind is predestined to become one with God through Christ Jesus because it was from the beginning. There was no Abraham, there was no David, there was no Moses. God made the world. He says that if you go and replicate what is Eden, go and take it into the world. But they didn't. They didn't change God's plan. He had his plan. From the beginning, He chose you for what? Through for salvation. Through what? Sanctification by the Spirit. Holiness. Sanctification. Justification. Being made like God. Wow. And how's that? By the Spirit. For whom? Those who believe in truth. Jesus said, I'm what? The way, the truth, the life. So when you believe in the message of Christ, you get sealed by the Spirit and you are marked forever as a son and a daughter or a child of God. Let me read the New, the, the new Living Translation. It says, As for us, we can't help but thank God for you. Dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, we are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation. A salvation that came through the Spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth. Oh, I want to start over and teach on holiness right now, but I won't. Everyone is nice, and we can. Let's just stay here. Let's teach on holiness. Because your definition of holiness is messed up. Because it means separated, segregated, set apart. For what? For a spiritual life. How? By His Spirit. Holiness is not living without sin. I've got a whole teaching on what the definition of sinner is, which you can also get outside. Because it's not someone who does something wrong. It is someone who's missing a crucial life-giving part. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, those without the God part, those without the eternal life part, those without the part that's going to live with those without the Holy Spirit. So yes, He had to die so that we can live forever through the power of the Spirit. That should set us up to live lives of increased fruitfulness. Not that we're becoming more of who we are. We're understanding more of who we've become. If you, your message that you carry out into the world, the gospel message that you carry goes further than sin, Right. It's not only that you've got a sin problem, I've got the answer. You've got a sin problem, but I've got the answer and more. I've got the very nature, the power, the Holy Spirit, and He wants to live in you. It's not a new plan, it's not a plan B. It's from the beginning. God has forever wanted to live with and through His children. Everyone, now we know, everyone has an acceptance. Everyone doesn't receive it because everyone doesn't, hasn't heard it. That's why we have a mission school. That's why we're equipping people in boot camp. That's why we're doing outreach. That's why we're having groups so that we can equip you to go out and share this message. Not just to, we don't, we're not a church for another message. There's many messages online from the other day. What are you just talking about us? But we are a family with a mission. And that is to go out into the world and make the world receive what we are having. Carriers of hope, life, but not just politics, not just a little bit here. We don't have, <coughs> we don't focus on temporal things. 
And think about things like where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of the Father. In Ephesians 2, 6 says you are seated right there with Him. Those who have gone through five steps of growth track or those who have done ministries will know those who receive Christ. And when you receive Christ, you are marked by the Spirit and you are the one with God. Those who have received, those who are joined are one, one. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.